That's KC may contain graphic and explicit content, which may not be suitable for all listeners. Listener discretion is advised. That is my that yes that is my microphone that you're sniffing. Can you get off of me, please? Yeah. Oh, she's gonna she's gonna bite your notes. No. Ah, I made eye contact. Oh my god. Hello. <laughs> so we're house sitting for another cousin, uh, and you got super hyper baby beetle, and then a uh, very mature lab. So what is she doing? Chloe, chill. <laughs> has my thumb in her hand in her mouth like she's just holding on to it for a second like oh my like a cute little baby <laughs> like a like a sweet little baby like a like a little puppy like a like a little puppy she does not like that <laughs> do you see it watch do it again like oh okay. huh what let me say it like this chloe do you like that hey <laughs> well Guys, welcome to episode seven. Oh, no. Nine, Hillary Holt and. <clears throat> oh, was that was that supposed to be me? Was that supposed to be my turn? Yeah. Okay. Who are you? Uh, I'm Hillary Ballard. Okay, and this is again episode seven of That's Casey. We might have had wine before we started this thing. Oh, Lord, help me. <laughs> um, okay, so this is a true crime week. Yes. <laughs> um, we, do we, do we have things to talk about? I don't know. Um, how was work when I wasn't there? Uh, it was all right. Oh, I didn't post photos. Oh, we'll do that tomorrow. Great. Yeah. Thanks. Do you go in in the morning? Yeah. Okay, so you can do it. Yeah, I that's, what, that's why I said all. great. Thanks. Huh? You're welcome. Wait. No, I didn't edit them all. Sorry about it. There was a lot of people that wanted to escape before school got out. Okay. Um. Do you have any? I don't. Oh! Um. You don't know this because you're not on there, but I made a Facebook page for us. You did? Yeah, I did. Oh, that's awesome. So it was just like, well, we're getting some listens on the SoundCloud, but not enough. So I made it, and we've got like a hundred or so likes. But oh, I was dang. Doing, I made it yesterday, or maybe or like a day ago, and then Facebook was like, here, invite your friends to like it. And I was like, all right. So I'm going to go through and like a bunch and invite a bunch of people. And then Facebook was just like, you're abusing it. I was like, Facebook, didn't you just tell me what you did? You, you didn't, you didn't tell me that had like a limit or something. But there's no. And then I ended up starting to invite some more. Uh, but yeah, so it's just that's KC on Facebook. And then at that's KC pod on the Instagrams and on the Twitter. The Instagrams. On the Instagrams and the Twitter. Um, yeah. Well, that's exciting. Yeah. If I was on the Facebook, I would, uh, go like us as well. Well, you were to, unbeknownst to yourselves that you were on. Yeah. So what's up with that Facebook? Like, go fuck yourself. I deactivated my Facebook page for a reason. 
and you only give me the maximum time of one week and then I've got and then I forget about the week and then all of a sudden it's just back on there mm-hmm. it's just that's not cool super dumb that really pisses me off oh 163 <sighs> likes damn yeah that's awesome yeah so you're gonna have to activate invite people and then deactivate Kind of like how I activated, deleted a whole bunch of people, and then deactivated again. <laughs> I mean, whatever it sounds works. like I'm. It sounds like I'm super like emo. <laughs> like I don't want to talk to anybody. Uh, and as you flip but your hair not, over your eyes, yeah, Ugh. exactly. And your eyeliner is just super dark down your face. I just have makeup everywhere, all over my face. <laughs> just, uh, I just sit in the corner half the time at my apartment. I just rock back and forth. Just drawing on your pants and your sleeves and your converse. I was like, um... Super just like... Are you uh, talking from experience here? Or you I'm just to... talking about what I've witnessed. Oh, okay. Yeah. I drew on my pants. My mom would have not been happy about it in middle school. That was just such a, like, a middle school thing. And then high school people were like, get over it. I don't think I ever did that. I didn't. But I don't even know if I knew... About that. That doesn't really say anything. Well. I mean, I it's it's me. I feel like I'm behind all the times, all the time. Uh, well. I feel like I'm 80, all right? Because, like, Kim and all of my other friends are like, hey, have you heard this, blah, 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 and they'll just, like, talk about new music or have something, you... and I'm like, I don't know what you guys are talking about. I feel like an old man half the time, like, turn that noise down. <laughs> <laughs> like, uh, what are you talking, shut up. Um What? I was like, it's just people in general. Um, like a friend and I, we went to the Blacklight Slide. Blacklight oh, Slide yeah, yeah. at Arrowhead. Mm-hmm. Um, and we, as we're waiting in line to do the slide, we're both looking at each other. We're both 25. We're like, um, I'm too old for this. I want to go home. <laughs> it's dark out. The music is loud. This DJ is annoying. There are children everywhere. I just want to go home and put on some pants. I just want to wear sweatpants all the time. I actually pref- would prefer to never wear pants or shoes ever. Well, that's very true. <laughs> yeah, that's that's usually me as well. Just wear my awesome Oscar the Grouch night t-shirt uh-huh. that I got from Kmart, uh-huh. and that says "Scram" on it. That I I would I would wear answer. I would wear my just overly big Bob Ross t-shirt. <laughs> Man, oh my. my Oscar the Grouch nightshirt that I answered the door in once. Uh, while I was house sitting for the other cousin. I forgot about that. Because, <laughs> uh, what's, it, what's his name? Logan Healy. Logan Healy. Yeah, he came, like, super, like, came and knocked on the door. And so, because co- he's in my cousin's voting area for a repre- representative. Mm-hmm. A representative. Um, and I was just like, well, she's not here, but I'll take it. As I'm just, like, I woke up, like, maybe two hours before. I'm just like, this is who I am. Um, I think I even had, yeah, like a, not a head scarf, like a head wrap or anything. But just a giant, uh, just like a giant little head band. Head. Oh, my God. What is it? Why can I not think I, of it right now? Just a headband. Just a headband? Because when I say headband, I think of, like, the plastic... The plastic that only goes a little bit, not no the full wrap around. No, that's a headband. Too. Okay, I need yeah. to get with the times as well. Yeah, that's not like a '90s headband. No, those things that never stay on your a, head. It's a cloth headband. Cloth headband. Yeah. Okay, but yeah, that's what I had. That no no pants. That shirt. Headband. Hair, super crazy wild. So you're looking real classy. I was looking real classy, and mm-hmm. I was just like, nah, I'll give it to her, because I definitely did not have a bra on, because it was, didn't, it was unnecessary. I mean, because why? Because why? And he just kept eye contact, and I was just like, good on you, sir. Good on you. And then he left. Ah, and okay. I just, I didn't tell my cousin, I just left the flyer on the table for her to discover when she got home. Okay. <laughs> oh, okay. Oh, okay. Oh. I have a Chloe in my lap now. Oh. Forcibly smelling me. And my, no, not my wine. <laughs> she keeps trying to go for the damn wine. Are you a little alcoholic? Who knows? Um, what is she doing? Uh-oh. All right, so we, I think that's all to talk mm-hmm. about. Yeah. I mean, unless anything terrible happened at work while I wasn't there. Mm-hmm. No. Everybody kept... People eating. don't know how uh, DVDs 
uh, in uh, player work, though. Well, yeah. I kind of fast forward. Mm-hmm. Could you imagine if we'd gone with the VHS idea? Oh, my God. The tape would have just been ripped amazing. out. Amazing. And... It would have been so true to the theme. And yeah. I would have enjoyed it. Oh, people oh, would have been. That was unnecessary, lady. Well, maybe. No, no. Um, uh, did you know that people took the vase, the tape off of the vase on Saturday? She got me. Sorry. I was pooping her nose. <laughs> She's crazy. Um, but no, I did not. I had no contact with anyone at work this whole weekend, and it was fan-fucking-tastic. Because when I was leaving, I texted Shane, and I was like, hey, uh, could you, um, make sure that people know that I am on, like, gone this weekend and to not text me or call me every two seconds? You, he was like, did, yeah, yeah, yeah. He was like, I'll, uh, I'll definitely call people and remind them not to call you. No. Did you leave a note? Yeah. Okay. I left a note too, but, yeah. you know, notes are never read, so. No, because notes also are petty. I also Shane of doing it. Huh? No, because notes are petty, so. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <sighs> yeah. So that, I didn't know, because then I came in, I was just like, what? Because the vase, of course, was not pushed against the wall, because you know who set it together, and, like, the person who likes to put the wood chips on, they said, do not touch stickers. Mm-hmm. And there was, uh, water left in the tray. Are you kidding me? Street. Are you kidding me? No. I mean, I'm not surprised. It's not the first time. Anywho. We work with some very, uh... Detail, vigilant people. Okay, well, like, two very detailed, vigilant people. <laughs> mm. uh, yeah. Struggle. So that was just, I was just like, oh, it's cool. And then I was just like, oh, come on, man. Uh, but yeah, wasn't, wasn't too bad. I just had a bunch of people come in, a couple of people walk in. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. If you don't have anything, I'm done. I can go on about random things in different voices. Should I? <laughs> I don't care. You can do whatever the fuck you want. That's good. Okay. Let's do this. Oh, duh. Talking about our wines. Oh, yeah. God, I almost that forgot about the most important part of this podcast. The alcohol. Gosh, the alcohol. Um, I so I have what's called Just Peachy. Uh... And this is from Baltimore Bend Vineyard in Waverly, Missouri. So this is a peach wine. I guess you can just make wine from any... Well, I guess, yeah. Just wine is from anything. Anywho, uh, so what it says on the label is, Just Peachy is a sweet peach wine offering consumers an aromic bouquet and nectar sweet flavors this wine is made exclusively from peaches (laughs) try it over ice cream with fresh peach peach slices as a dessert or pair it with blue cheese for a wonderfully tantalizing appetizer um and there's a beautiful like little painting on the bottle and that is by kathleen finton um yeah so Baltimore been just peachy. It is pretty delicious. Mm-hmm. My mother would not enjoy it because she does not like peach flavored anything. So that's why I get those things and she knows it. Because <laughs> she won't touch it. <laughs> What'd you uh yeah, oh sorry. Mine um my wine. <clears throat> Told you I'm distracted by all these dogs. Mm-hmm. Ooh, hello, Chloe. Um, my wine is from Stone Pillar Winery. It's a sinfully sweet white wine. She needed to say hello. No, but she's stepping on my bread. <laughs> um, let's see. So, Stone Pillar Winery is from Olathe, Kansas. Mm. Um, so, oh, I didn't read <laughs> the label on this beforehand. <laughs> okay, I'm going to try to, I can't, I'm going to, I was going to try to keep it together, but I won't be able to do it, it together. Seductively supple. Mm. Oh. Uh. <laughs> They're just. Oh my god. <laughs> okay. The, this hold up. That word. I have to. Uh-huh. I have to just describe. I just like. Just an instant reaction to just like grab my boob for some reason. I know. I'm just like, Ugh, that, what is that? Huh. 
Mm. All right, well, this seductively supple, uh, this delectable white uh, wine reveals thrilling tropical fruit that gives way to a sultry finish. All right, what's up with this place? Seductively supple and sultry finish? Okay, those can't be in the same... Is this like a sex wine? I didn't know it. Well, I mean, what do you say, Olathe? Yeah. Well. Enjoy with spicy foods, dessert, or well-kept secrets. Mm-hmm. What? Supple secrets. I didn't read this label before. <laughs> that kind of freaks me oh, out a little bit. Should, we, right. should, we, should that be the title of this episode? Supple secrets? Supple, supple, sultry secrets. Supple, wait, wait, what? Supple, supple sultry secrets. Supple, sultry secrets. Usually you, you find can't that say that. Later in. Supple, sultry secrets. Supple, sultry secrets. Supple, sultry, like that little wish roll thing. Oh, supple, like sultry secrets. What? Huh? There's just a lot of S's going on. What is this? Like snake? Snake? Supple, sultry secrets. Snake, make that. Supple, sultry secrets. 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 What is this place? What? Who? What is this place? Again? Oh, um. You're replying. Supple Sultry Secrets by Stone Pillar Winery. <laughs> it's Stone Pillar. Stone. From Olathe. Not oh. Olath or Olathe, anybody who's not from Kansas. It's pronounced Olathe. Uh. Sophie, you're so cute. Oh, she's so sweet. She she's so not sweet. in everybody's face. All right. So we got those wines down. Oh. Um, foods. I mean, technically, I had like leftover salad from lunch from Harvey's inside Union Station. We didn't oh. really go in. On. I Uh-oh. almost stopped at uh, this place called Happy Greek just, on Twenty Third Street. Uh huh. Did she just bite your face? Lick but your face? No, not. I just missed my mouth a little bit. Oh, That's good. fine. There's no dog over here. No dog involved. <laughs> just me. That was just that was just uh, a me thing. Yeah, I almost stopped it for a place, but I was just like, I don't, I don't want to get out, so I just got here and mm-hmm. made some food so chloe chill no that was sophie oh was sophie yeah she's only yelling at you because you're chill. crazy but it was your sister <sighs> look she's like oh love me <laughs> oh she's Aww. so sweet sophie's so sweet chloe's like a little tootsie okay. roll um like yeah tootsie roll dinner wines you ready to get started yeah all right i didn't have anything to eat that was fancy mm. either Mm-mm. just, just talk about just... again yeah. Got me some frescoes. Ah, fresco tacos. Oh, my God. Ah, ah. I'm getting attacked. <laughs> Sorry. Crazy. Okay. Oh, my goodness. Um, okay. I can't handle the cuteness right now. <laughs> Look how cute. I know. Somebody's uh, adorable. You are so precious. Go, go. Tell me. Huh? Tell me, tell me oh. a true crime from okay. Kansas. Okay, all right. Sorry, I forgot I went first. Uh, <laughs> okay, so um, mine is about um, the her or the uh, Clutter family. The what? The Clutter family. C L U T T E R. Mm. The Clutter family. Um, okay. They were from Holcomb, Kansas. Mm. And then actually, this is. Uh, it was the murder, the 1959 murders of four members of the Clutter family, and it's it's a small, oh, it's a small farming community in Holcomb, Kansas. Um, but uh, it's actually the main story, or you know, the story written about um, by Truman Capote in In Cold Blood, which is uh-huh. the number two best-selling nonfiction behind uh, the one about Manson. Oh. Yeah. So, which is kind of cool. Um, yeah. And then apparently there was just like a news clipping of the Clutter family murders and Capote saw it. And when he saw it, it compelled him enough to actually go to Kansas in order to do, <laughs> uh, travel to Kansas to like write and research the crime. Uh-huh. So, Capote was in Kansas, and this all pretty much came from Capote and or his notes, because oh. he and his um, childhood friend and fellow author, you know, just a little no one named Harper Lee. Oh! Oh, uh, wow! So, he and Harper Lee actually came to Kansas, and 
Together, they interviewed local resident residents. Jesus, local residents and investigators. They were actually assigned to the case, and they took thousands of pages of notes. So, mm. this all comes from like Capote and Harper Lee's notes. Ah, mm. uh, so oh, what happened? Um, <clears throat> so yes, yeah, so 1959, um, the Clutter family consisted of Herb, uh, the, uh-oh, what was the mom? Oh, uh, Bonnie, were the mom and dad, or the dad and then the mom. Oh. That's what, and then, that's huh? what the howling was. She didn't even Um, so yeah, so it's Herb and Bonnie were the mom and dad, and then... They had four children. Wait, no. Yeah. Huh? Yeah, they had four children. Um, sorry. You sure they about had, it? Yeah, sure about it. Um, the, older daughters, the older daughters are Ivana, E-V-E-A-N-N-A, Ivana, uh-huh. and Beverly. And they had actually moved out of the parents' home and started their own like adult lives. Oh. So they weren't living there at the time. And then the two younger children were Nancy, uh, who was 16, and Kenyon, who was the only boy, and he was 15. Oh. So, yeah. Um, they were both high school students still living at home, unfortunately. Um, but so then, basically, the <clears throat> the uh, the wife, whatever, was like uh, a member of the local garden club and been incapacitated by clinical depression and physical ailments, ailments since births of her children. Mm-hmm. Um, but she was still like loved by everyone in the town, and then he was a widely spread, widely spread. Oh my god, I think <laughs> I've had a stroke. Widely respected, self-made man. <laughs> Those are not even close. Shut up. <laughs> it, 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 my brain just put them all together. I swear <laughs> to God, I'm like dyslexic. Um, he had established his own successful and proper farm in the western Kansas. Um, and he just, like, came from kind of modest to nothing beginnings. Mm-hmm. Um, so we have, yeah. like, a bronze spoon in his mouth? What? He, so he grew up with, like, a bronze spoon in his mouth? Uh, probably, like, wooden. Oh, ouch. <laughs> I don't even know if it's if it's metal at this point. Is it even a spoon? I don't even know. Probably not. He just uses his hands all the time. Hot <laughs> soup and everything. Um, anyway, so two ex-convicts were actually, like, tried... For the murder, and their names were... Alright, another one that I can't keep together because of our previous stories. <laughs> Richard, a.k.a. Dick Hickok. Dick, Dick Hickok. Hick? Dick Hickok. Dick Dick Hickok. <laughs> what is H-I-C-K-O-C-K. So it's Hickok. And Perry Smith. Uh, so Dick and Perry, a.k.a. Hickok and Smith, were arrested six weeks after the murders and later executed by the state of Kansas. Oh. And then Capote actually spent six years working on the book. Oh. So it took him a while to release something. Um, dog hair in my mouth. Oh, well. cute. The uh, two convicts recently were paroled from the Kansas State Penitentiary, a.k.a. Um, oh, fuck. Oh, it's uh, it's also known as the Lansing Correctional Facility now. So, oh, yeah, it was the Kansas State Penitentiary, but apparently not anymore. Um, but yeah, so they had committed the robbery and murders in the early morning hours of November fifteenth, or on November fifteenth in nineteen fifty nine. The former cellmate of Hickok was uh, Floyd Wells, who was actually once a work or like a farmhand on Mr. Clutter's farm. Mm. And he told Hickok about a safe at the farmhouse where he claimed that the Clutters kept large amounts of cash. Hickok soon hatched the idea to rob the safe, leave no witnesses, and start a new life in Mexico with the cash. Uh, What year was this? 1959. Oh, okay. Um, Hickok later contacted Smith, who was another former cellmate, and then asked him, well, kind of went in with him about committing the robbery. Mm. And then, uh, but... Unfortunately, the information from Wells was ultimately proved to be false because what's happening? Mm. Oh, because Clutter didn't keep large amounts of cash. Um, he actually didn't keep cash at all. 
meaning he had no safe and he actually did all of his businesses by check to keep a better track of transactions. So they went there on false pretenses that there was a huge amount of cash that they were going to get and they were still going to kill everybody, but they were just going to take all the cash. Anyway. How nice. I know. Lovely, lovely men. Um, so after driving more than, uh, oh my God, what keeps happening? Oh, there we go. So my thing keeps like scrolling up and down faster than I'm actually going. Um, but anyway, so after Your driving more than four, here? huh? Your ghost followed you here. It did not. I don't have one. <laughs> <laughs> after okay. driving more than 400 miles across Kansas, like 400 miles to do all of this. Are you fucking kidding me right now? Yeah. 400 miles across Kansas on the evening of November 14th, Hickok and Smith. I don't know why I keep yawning. I'm sorry. Hickok and Smith arrived in Holcomb. They located the clutter home and entered through an unlocked door in the back while the family slept. Upon waking the clusters, the clutters, the clusters, mm-hmm. the clutters, um, and discovering there was actually no safe around, they bound and gagged the entire family and continued to search for the money, but li- but found little else value in the house. So, like, there was, like, nothing in that house, sadly. Mm. I don't know why I'm laughing about that. Um, still determined <laughs> to leave no witnesses, the pair briefly debated about what to do, and it came out that Smith was notoriously unstable and prone to violent acts of fit of, in fits of rage. And so he was actually the one who slit Herb Clutter, so the dad's. He Aww. slit his throat and then shot him in the head. Oh. Kenyon, Nancy, and then the mom, Mrs. Clutter, were also murdered, each by a single shotgun blast to the head. Uh, Hitchcock and Smith left the crime scene with a small portable radio, a pair of binoculars, and left in less than fifty dollars in cash. So they left with like nothing. Just ridiculous. They just killed everybody for basically nothing. Um, Smith later claims that uh, claims in his oral confession that Hickok murdered the two women, so Nancy and the mom. Uh, uh, so yeah, so like he's Smith says Hickok killed the women, but then when asked to sign his confession, Smith refused. Hickok always maintained that Smith actually committed all four killings. So Hickok's trying to tell him that he was just doing it for the robbery and Smith killed everyone. But Smith is like, no, no, he actually killed two of the people. I killed the other two. So no one actually kind of knows. Okay. Um, Huh? Okay. Yeah. And then after hearing about the murders, like on the news or not really on the news, but like uh, in the newspaper and stuff, uh, Wells, the guy who is the former cellmate who actually told them about the safe and stuff and stuff, uh, he actually contacted the prison warden and told him that he thought that Hickok and Smith were the ones who did it. So Hickok and Smith were identified as suspects and arrested later in Las Vegas um, in December of 1959. Both men eventually confessed their by after interrogations um, by the detectives at the Kansas Bureau of, Bureau of Investigation. Oh. Yeah. So they were brought back to Kansas, and then they were actually... Uh, they were tried together for the murders. Their trial took, which I thought was kind of weird, um, their trial took place at the Finney Courthouse, or Finney County Courthouse, sorry, in Garden City from March to March 22nd to March 29th, so it was only about a week, in 1960. Uh, they both pleaded temporary insanity at the trial, but local um, people, oh God, <laughs> she's so graceful. That um, <laughs> so just plops herself in. Yeah. But local people or local like investigators actually evaluated the uh-huh. accused and pronounced them actually sane. So there was their insanity trial was just ridiculous. Yeah. Uh, the jury deliberated deliberated for a whole forty five minutes before finding both Haycock and Smith guilty of murder. Their conviction carried a mandatory death sentence at the time. So after five years on death row. At the Kansas State Penitentiary, a.k.a. Lansing Correctional Facility, uh-huh. which is, you know, Lansing, Kansas, oh, yeah. uh, Smith and Hickok were executed by hanging just after midnight on April 14th, Ooh. in 1965, sorry. Wait, um, in 65 they still did hangings? Uh, yep. <sighs> Hickok was first Kansas. executed and was pronounced dead at 12.41 a.m. He, he hung for nearly 20 minutes. Ugh. Uh, Smith followed shortly after and was pronounced dead at 1.19 a.m. 
Then also Hickok and Smith were actually the um, also suspected of in the involvement in the Walker family murders. Mm-hmm. Um, though this connection has not really been proven. Uh, even Capote like heard of this, thinking that they were you know connected to it because when they actually fled from Kansas after they killed the Walkers or sorry the the Clutters, mm-hmm. they actually were seen in like. Uh, like Orlando and Tampa and stuff like that. So they're actually seen in Florida before making their way. But I don't understand that. If they were caught like in Vegas, they would be going the total opposite direction. Right. Like you can't drive that fast. Not in 19... Right? 50? Yeah. 6? 59, 59? 60? Yeah. No. Um, so apparently by December in 1959, the Walker family in Osprey, Florida, I don't know where that is in regards to Florida, but um, the Walker family were two parents, in, like only like in their 20s or something, mm-hmm. 20, like late 20s maybe, and then two of their children were both killed as well. Um, but it was like really weird because they said that little val- or little tiny valuables were taken as well, so it was like a robbery murder again. And there was like a few things that actually linked Holka or shit, Hickok and Smith to the crime. But even Capote, who was like investigating it, he even said, like, no, there's no connection. They have a they have an alibi for those nights. But yeah. people are like, Well, they're still a suspect because you don't know that. Like that's just a that's just one person doing the investigation, you know? Um Okay, hi. Oh, All right. Yeah. Hello. Um, okay. Hi. Uh, okay. Uh, so basically, she or they were kind of just investigating everyone, and up to, <laughs> and 587 people were actually suspects at one time or another. Um, the case is actually still open at this point. And then in like 2012, they actually uh, tried to investigate these two, like Hickok and Smith, more. For that murder, because they're trying to solve it still, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, so they actually got permission and exhumed their bodies and got DNA from them mm-hmm. to try to test it against stuff that was left at the Walker family house. Mm-hmm. And unfortunately, because of you know time and degradation of DNA, that was probably not kept properly. <laughs> you know, because right. it was like late fifties, early sixty. Um, okay, excuse you. Um, I'm like, she is, like, all up in my face right now. I know. I took a picture. All right. <laughs> you did? Yeah. Um, but, yeah, so they tried to do the DNA against <laughs> Hickok and Smith. Chloe, She's so down. funny. Hello. You're Googling <laughs> my glasses. Um, so they tried to do the invest or the DNA test against them. Ah. Mm. And <laughs> she's trying to lick my wine over here. She's going to lay on my on my computer thing. Okay, cool. Uh but it ended up being like they couldn't match it because of crap that happened. So unfortunately, they exhumed their bodies, got the DNA, and reburied them like all in one day, and it wasn't worth anything because they couldn't get a match from it. Mm-hmm. Which you know they were like, which doesn't prove or disprove that they actually did it. So they're still like number one on their list for actual suspect for that case. But Capote, of course, is like, no, 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 there's no way, because they had alibis. But people are saying, no, we saw them literally, like, within a a few days. Literally? Literally saw them within a few days of the walkers being killed. Hmm. So, I mean, I don't know. I guess it was, like, December of 59 59. that the walkers were killed. So, I mean, they had, like, a whole month. We had airplanes. Well, yeah, but I mean, like, they said that they didn't, like, do anything like that, though. They, like, stole oh. a car oh. and and drove. Well. But then, apparently, the car that they were driving, like, was this, I don't know how what car it was, but the walkers were actually looking into buying a car, and it happened to be the same car that they these two owned, or not owned, but stole <laughs> and had. So then they were thinking, oh, maybe that's how they got in touch with the walkers, is they were telling the walkers that they are going to sell them their car. Mm-hmm. And then when they went to meet them... She just fell over a little bit. That was sad. She's so old. She is. So, yeah. So, anyway. So, they are still number one suspects in a Florida killing, too. But So, like, old school Craigslist killers? Basically. Huh? Supposedly. Supposedly. But, yeah. So, that's the uh, story of the Clutter family. And it's actually been made famous by Truman Capote, which is that, that was kind of cool. Ah. 
Anyway, okay. Cool, 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 cool. Uh, so mine is kind of long. There was a lot of information about this uh, lady who was just peachy. <laughs> um, her lady. name is Sharon Kine. That sounds very familiar. Uh-huh. Oh, just wait. Um, <laughs> A.K.A. La Pistola. La Pistolera. Oh my god. In Mexico the, is what she's also the dog. known as. <laughs> Chloe's trying to redecorate. Um, okay, so she is the most remarkable criminal in U.S. history. A housewife turns... Oh, wait, no. Oh, wait, I've, I messed it up. I was going to do like a movie announcer voice. Oh, no. Okay, Uh, okay, so Sharon Kine, the story of Sharon Kine. When a housewife turns into a cold-blooded killer. (laughs) Oh, my God. That really does sound like a lifetime movie. The year is 1960. Sharon is a 20-year-old housewife from Independence, Missouri. Well, Jackson County, Missouri area. And she is married to James Kine, 25 years old, and mother of two-year-old Dana. Dana, Dana, eh, whatever. Dana. D-A-N-N-A, though. Oh, Dana. 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 Um, On March 19th, 1960, James is shot in the head while he was napping. How, you may ask? How? (laughs) Sorry, I didn't didn't see the visual cue, my bad. It's fine. Just staring at me for a second. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my god. I expect you to listen to me and then know exactly what's in my brain for you okay. to do. Okay. Okay. I will. So how you may ask? How? <laughs> how was? The, how did this happen? According. How to did sh- this tragedy happen? <laughs> well, I'll tell oh my you. God. Um, according to Sharon, <laughs> their two-year-old daughter was playing with James's uh, 22 caliber high standard pistol. Oh Jesus And Christ. accidentally shot him in the head. Ugh. Uh, while she was in the bathroom, and she allegedly heard Dana say, How does this thing work, Daddy? How does it work? Bang. Uh, <laughs> James, but she, she defended it by saying, James would leave guns all in, around the house, just in, with, within hands reach of the kids. And his mom and dad were like, Yeah, he does. <laughs> uh, yeah. The, yeah. 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 He's like, Yeah, he does. They're Australian, yeah. of course. Yeah. Um, uh, the police say that the gun was so oiled up it didn't hold fingerprints, and they also failed to take uh, a paraffin test. Is that like the gunpowder test mm-hmm. thing? No. Oh, okay. Um, yeah. Paraffin test be- from Sharon or mm-hmm. Dana, since it was unreliable. Mm. Fortunately for Sharon, the police bought the original story because they showed Dana Dana the gun and she played with the safety, so it could have been possible. They don't know. Bullshit. Bullshit. But what they didn't know at that time was that the Kynes had frequent arguments. Ooh, I don't know what just happened with my voice. Uh, Kynes had frequent arguments because Sharon wanted a new Thunderbird and a vacation trip. And her husband was just like, no, we don't have money. And then she often lied about paying the bills, which caused them a lot of debt. Also, James was going... So that happened... His murder happened on a Saturday. His murder, in quotation marks, happened on a Saturday. Um, He said he was going to file for a divorce from Sharon on that following Monday because of her cheating on him. Hmm. But who knows? They probably... Meh. Um, So after James's death and the insurance money came in, Sharon buys a brand new blue... Ford Thunderbird. Mm-hmm. Then mm-hmm. uh, several weeks later, Sharon went to have AC or yeah, air conditioning installed in her car, to which a good-looking salesman convinced her to trade the th- the Thunderbird for a new one with AC for only a five hundred dollar difference. Sharon did that, and not only that, she returned several times to have her car worked on. And then, you know, started an affair with him. Oh, uh, my God. His name is Walter Jones. Walter. Who she only met a month after her husband James's death. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, during bitch. the affair, Sharon went for a trip to visit a cousin in Washington in mid-1960. May, in mid-May of 1960, 
And when she returned, she told Walter that she was pregnant and demanded he marry her. But Walter was just like, nah, I'm not about it. Uh, why? Because he was already married. <laughs> right? So already married. Um, so let's skip ahead to two days later. And somehow Walter's wife disappears. And you want to guess who the last person she was seen with? Crazy bitch. Yep. Oh, Sharon. But Sharon explained it away by saying she was actually with Miss Patricia Jones. That's her name, Patricia Jones, to tell her Walter was sleeping with her sister, which she doesn't have one. Uh, and to, and then she uh, told her that and apparently let her out of the car close to home. Uh, so after Patricia is reported missing, missing, uh, whatever. <laughs> This is what's happening. Uh, Sharon pretended to aid in the search for Patricia with some dude named John Boldiz. Boldiz? B-O-L-D-I-Z. Boldiz. Anyway, and they discovered, quotation marks, Trisha's body on May 27th, 1960. Mm. Patricia was shot to death uh, because of four shots in her body. Uh, Sharon told John uh, to say that he was alone when he found Patricia's body, but later he caved and and told the police uh, after they began to focus on him and trying to figure out why he was at a lover's lane alone at midnight, because that's where her body was found, in a lover's lane uh, somewhere in Independence. Uh, But come to find out... Did he drive a red truck? Huh? Did he drive a red truck? I don't know. It just sounds very familiar to a story that I've heard. Uh-huh. And, like, one of the key things was this guy drove a red truck. No. But, like, the ex-girlfriend or whatever, or the girlfriend, like, took the truck. No. That day. Okay, never no. mind. Because he's, it's, this is a what different person, so it's not, it's not Walter, Patricia's oh, husband. Oh, okay. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. This is some other random person that wasn't explained on Murderpedia or on um, CrimeMagazine.com, um, where my research was. Um, but Sharon told John, yeah, to... Stupidity caves and come to later find out that Sharon had actually torn Patricia's clothes to stage it to look like a sex crime. She's crazy, but she's smart. Uh, and then on obviously June, not smart enough. Right. Uh, no, not, not yet. Uh, on June 1st, 1960, Sharon is charged for Patricia's murder, but released on a $2,000 uh, bail. And then one month later, she is indicted on Patricia's murder and her husband James's murder. Uh, but because Sharon was pregnant, because, you know, Walter's baby, um, her trial for Patricia's murder was delayed until June of 1961. She did ha- she had a daughter named Marie, Maria Christine. She was born in, uh, January. I didn't write, I started to write it down, but I didn't finish it. So I think it was like January, like 16th or 6th or something, 1961. So she's probably living like still alive. Yeah. Probably in the two-year-old oh, yeah. daughter too. Who knows? Um, but during the trial for uh, Patricia's murder, witnesses say that they saw Patricia get in Sharon's car, um, but Sharon wasn't convicted because they couldn't prove the bullets in Patricia's body matched the one um, that matched the bullets of Sharon's recently purchased 22 caliber high standard pistol. She likes that pistol. <laughs> they have a pistol a lot. Um, but yeah, so they said that, um, so when she, uh, wasn't convicted, then it was reported that the courtroom applauded and er, erupted in applause. Why? I don't know. Uh, however, Sharon was convicted for her husband's murder. When that conviction though happened, the courtroom then again also, uh, erupted in applause. So, you know. Patriarchy, like how dare this woman kill her husband? Which I mean, she shouldn't have because she's a crazy person and she just had a fit because she didn't get a car. Um, but then also applause because she didn't potentially kill this woman. So like, like what? <laughs> I don't understand. I don't understand That's why. Uh, but yeah, she wasn't convicted. Everyone applauds, or she is convicted of James's murder. Everyone applauds, which I guess yeah it makes sense because she was just being a brat and having a hissy fit because she couldn't get the car she wanted. Um, 
Then Sharon ends up actually being tried for James James's murder two more times for other like appeals and other crap um, mm-hmm. before a fourth trial date is set for October 1964. Um, you mentioned that uh, before going to jail, Sharon kept a pretty low profile, but after jail and prison, she just went wild. Um, after like she hung like sex workers had told her while she's in prison, I guess before she got out of the before the fourth trial date was set, um, told her about 12th Street Strip, which is um, if you listen to the Kansas City song uh, by I don't remember who sang it, but the Kansas City song going to Kansas City, mm-hmm. um, he talks about it's like 12th Street and Vine. That's just like a place where uh, sex workers would be a lot. Um, But actually, this part of 12th Street, um, she... Oh, shoot. Where was I at? Yeah, she kept pretty little folk, but uh, sex workers that she met in prison um, told her about the 12th Street Strip which was a mafia-heavy area from the Bullbach Hotel on 12th and Baltimore. Mulebach? Huh? Mulebach? Mulebach. Mulebach. Okay. Mulebach? Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, at 12th and Baltimore to 12th and Broadway. So that's a... Well, it's only like... One, two... Like two blocks-ish? Two blocks-ish? Mm-hmm. Yeah? Yeah. Two blocks. Um... So Mafia was out there. Uh, is reported in there that she, had, of course, slept. Not of course, but she happened to sleep with many men there, and she just kind of felt safe there. Um, and of course, it went on like a lot of talks about Mafia and other crap that I didn't want to put on there because um, this story is long enough. Uh, but while she was out. Uh, before her trial in October, in the summer of 1964, Sharon meets a small-time thief and con artist, Samuel Puglies. P-L-P-U-G-L-I-S-E. Puglies. Puglies. Uh, and then in September, they decided to head to Mexico. But before she left, Sharon wrote a series of back checks because Homegirl was definitely not coming back. Uh, and she... Could, as she could tell that her luck was running out in Kansas City. Uh, so while in Mexico, St- Sharon still has no chill whatsoever. Uh, so her and Pugley's, Pugs, Pugley, no, Samuel, uh, stayed at a motel uh, that they rented the motel. I don't, uh, but she also left him at the, at the motel, sorry, and met up with a dude named Francisco Paredes, Ordanos, sure, Um, a Mexican-born American, and she went with him to a different motel where she then shoots him several times in the heart. Goo. Mm-hmm. Such a sweet gal. Uh, And then she tries to get away but is caught by the motel manager, Enrique Ruda, because the motel gate was closed and he wasn't about to open it. He's like, girl, no. So then she shoots him, uh, but he then manages to get the gun away from her and holds her there for police to come get her. Sharon tries to give some lame sob story about being attacked by Francisco, so that's why she shot him, but the Mexican police were like, girl, please, and then... Why didn't, they just sh- why didn't he just shoot her? I know. They shouldn't I mean, have. Like, bitch, just try to shoot me, I'd shoot her back. I know. You should have just shot her in the leg, but no. But yeah, the Mexican authorities were just like, no, Jan, that's not true. And then charged her with homicide, bodily injury, and attempted robbery. Um, so while she was in, I guess, in tri- on trial, uh, a U.S. Embassy rep visited her. And then the rep reported that she said, I've shot men before and managed to get out of it. Oh. Yeah. And the Mexican newspapers called her La Pistera. La Pistolera. La Pistolera. Yeah, whatever. Um, which means um, gunfighter. I wrote it somewhere else. Gunfighter. Well, yeah. Um, and Sharon soon learns how differently American law is compared to you. Or, excuse. Ugh. 
she soon learns how differently Mexican law is apart from U.S. law because she was not allowed bail and she was not having it. She is not excited about that whatsoever. Uh, So before she is sentenced, she spends a year in jail and then she's sentenced for 10 years in the Mexican uh, prison. Uh, Whereas usually it's described as typically Americans uh, do not fare very well inside of a Mexican prison. Mm -hmm. But uh, Sharon is very different and she ruled that Mexican prison that she was sent to. Uh, It was actually a woman's Mexican prison that she was sent to. So, uh, on December 7th, 1969, we keep, no, we need to find a story that happens in summer of 69, and we're going to explode. But yeah, December 7th, 1969, at about 9 o'clock, it's noticed that Sharon uh, is not in the prison that she was in, and she disappears, slips out, and is never heard from again. Oh my god. Yeah, so she's uh, she could still be out there. She was 20 in, what, 1960, so she could be, but probably not down in, unless she made her way back up and figured out how to keep a low profile or she's in some forest somewhere killing, like, squirrels. Um, yeah, she hasn't been seen from again, and that is Sharon Kine, where it's just like, Okay, girl. Yeah, shoot, shoot people because you don't get your way. Because that's how you should mm-hmm. solve your issues. Try, oh, yeah. try using your words. <laughs> um, yeah, Sharon Kai, la pistolera, 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 la pistolera, Is it like female. La gunslinger, yeah, gunfighter, yeah, gunfighter. Okay, Sharon from good old Independence, which I mean, it's still. I'm sure that's probably still happening somewhere. (laughs) Good lord! So she killed. Wait, did she kill Walter? No, no, she didn't kill Walter. She just left. I don't know, but it didn't say anything like what happened to her kids. So I don't know if like her, Mm. because her mom was still alive. So I don't know if her mom took her kids or. If, like, James's grandparents took Dana, and then Walter got to take, uh, what, Maria, Christine. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So she has a his fit because she get the, couldn't get the car that she wanted or go on vacation, so she shoots her husband, who mm-hmm. was going to leave her anyway. Because that makes sense. Yeah, because that's totally logical. And then uh, kills the wife of her lover, because mm-hmm. he wouldn't marry her. She was not getting married, though. I didn't put that in there. Because I, like, skimmed it and saw some other things. But apparently, like, after the first time she was sentenced into jail, she, like, met a woman in prison and married her somehow. But, like, not, like, officially. Just, like, a written, like, marriage contract or something. Mm-hmm. And then she, for, um, what's it, Samuel, before they went to Mexico, also wrote, like, a... So she was about like marriage, but also like about killing people for what she wants. Well, it's marriage only because then you get the insurance. Yeah. Oh. Can't have insurance if you're not married. She's a smart one. Mm-hmm. She's a smart one. But obviously not that smart. Yeah. Well, I mean, smart because she. she I think know. Samuel was still alive. She didn't say. It didn't say what. She, oh no, he was because after she was discovered, and then he was discovered, then he uh, was um, ex. Expedited, extradited, extradited, extradited. <laughs> mm-hmm. What are words? I don't expedited know. Shipping. Extra, expedi- expedited shipping. Expedited. Expedited human shipping. Expeditedly shipped to the U.S. again. <laughs> expedited human shipping. <laughs> oh, that's funny. Yeah. Okay. Uh, see, that's your kind. Uh, do you want to do escape room tip or do you want to do my Casey fact? I don't care. Either one. Okay. Uh, what you want to do? Do your tip. Give me that tip first. Oh no. <laughs> Give me that yeah. supple. No. What? No. We can't. We can't say supple tip. No. <laughs> no. Uh, so bad. Uh. Um. All right. So, escape room tip. <sighs> I didn't come up with a number. Um. Uh, number ninety-one. Okay. 
Uh, escape room tip number 91, listen to your game masters. A.K.A., well, I guess more of, like, respond to your game masters. Yeah. So, like, when we call in to, like, ask if you want to use a hint, don't just go completely silent like that and just not respond. Yeah. Either say again. yes or no. You want to do it again? Huh? You want to ask a question again? Why? Oh, never oh, mind. What? I was going to do a... Oh, hey, do you, uh, do you want to use a hint? <laughs> I'm sorry, Sophie just fell over again. <laughs> she just collapsed. Yeah, so yeah. Just, oh my god, but yeah, it's just literally just blank. I don't understand it. Like, we're here to help you, mm-hmm. and we just asked you if you wanted a hint, and then you're just not going to say anything? Mm-mm. I don't understand. Uh, yeah, so... Listen to your game masters and respond to them because we're there to help you. <laughs> help me help you once right. again. Just so yeah, so if we call in and say, hey, do you want a hint? Either say yes or no. It's totally fine. You're not going to hurt our feelings at all. We're there to either say yes or no to. Because mm-hmm. we will even, I even tell people, like, hey, I'm going to probably call in and ask if you want a hint if you look really, really stuck. Feel free to tell me no. It's totally fine. But if you'd like a hint, tell me yes and I will give you a hint, but. Half the time, they just kind of stand there. Or you can see them on the on the cameras, like, pointing at each other and telling each other to go answer the intercom. That takes them a good couple minutes, and I'm like, hey, do mm-hmm. you guys want a hint? Mm-hmm. Yes or no? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Someone come answer the damn intercom. Do you want a hint? Yes or no? Or the walkie-talkie. The yes, walkie-talkie no. is the worst thing ever. Uh, people don't know, understand how They don't understand how to work it, but they also just don't do anything on it. Mm-mm. Other than keep pushing the flashlight button or the call button <laughs> and sending us an alert on the other end. <laughs> oh, goodness. But yeah, so that's super simple, super easy. Escape room tip number 91. What happened? Mm. Oh my gosh, did you hear that? Words. Number 91. Listen and respond to your game masters. Yeah. Please. Yeah. Don't be so, rude. There you go. Okay. Uh, Casey fact. Casey fact. Uh, fun fact. Uh, Harry S. Truman owned a haberdashery in Kansas City before he went into politics. What? Yeah. I also had to Google haberdashery. And it... Haberdashery. And I was given the definition of a store owned by a haberdasher. And then I got mad. That sounds like something, if you were to ask me what's a haberdashery, um, a thing owned by a haberdasher. <laughs> um, and like I don't a know, store owned some by bullshit a response. haberdasher. Like, why don't you know that? And so it's like someone who sells like, I don't know, like the small, like, haberdashers thing. I don't know what a haberdasher is. I tried to look it up, but I got tired. Um, and. You were going to look it up, but we had to start. Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah. Um, and. His one-time partner in the haberdashery uh, and lifelong friend Edward Jacobson, who's like a salesman in Kansas City, was instrumental in bringing about the U.S.'s recognition of the new state of Israel in 1948. Nice. Which is good. We should recognize Israel. Just a little bit. Just a little. Maybe just a wee little bit. Okay. Sweet. Yeah. Yeah. Was that, is that all? I don't know what we're going to do. Okay. So, yeah? Yeah. All right. Okay. Okay, bye, everyone. <laughs> I'm just going to walk okay, out. Okay, bye. This is, I'm just going to walk out, and then it's your time to just talk. <laughs> oh, okay. This is, then we're going to just start, and then I'll start, uh, that's Casey uh, Voices, and then I'll just do yeah. different voices of everybody. There you go. <laughs> okay. Okay. And that's. that's- Casey. <laughs> that was terrible. <laughs> we sucked at that one. <laughs> can we can we do it? Alright, let's redo it. Okay. Stop laughing. And that's, that's Casey. Oh. I don't know what happened. Mine's like a weird echo. Oh. Oh no. Okay, well, let's just use the first one. <laughs> We're gonna use both. Oh no. <laughs> Something. We'll see what happens. Okay. okay. All right. 
Hey guys, while we work to join your favorite podcast directory, you can listen and subscribe to That's KC Podcast on SoundCloud. You can also chat with us on Twitter and Instagram at That's KC Pod. Intro music is provided by Brian Lawson. If you have any suggestions for local Kansas City, Missouri and or Kansas food and drink, or you'd like to, to send us something, hint, hint, wink, wink, please send us an email at thatskcpod at gmail.com. Also, if you have your own local story you would like us to share or have a suggestion for us to research, we'd love to hear from you too via email. Okay, bye!